This is Metal Recall, episode 8. My name's Niall Hope, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Cascala. How's it going, dude? It's going good. We got a big one here. We do. And uh, today we are delighted to welcome back to the pod, Christian Bird. How's it going, mate? Good to have you back. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me back again. No problem. Um, So, as Aaron mentioned, this is a big one. We are having what you would call a, a special episode. We're going to be running down our top five albums of the last decade. Uh, but before we do that, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram. It's Metal Recall Podcast. The email account is metalrecallpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can find the podcast anywhere you get your pods. Um, and as a special um, as a special with this, uh, with this episode, we will be putting up a special playlist with the top tracks that we've chosen from each of our five albums on Spotify, and we'll be posting the link for that in the episode. So, um, before we get into the nitty-gritty, I want to know from you guys, um, come to you first on this, Christian, how did you come to find your list of the top five? Well, it's really hard. <laughs> it's very hard. I, um, I think I just started looking through... Um, my album collection picked out some um, read a couple of reviews of like the top lists um, that I referenced Loudwire and mm-hmm. Kerrang and a couple of other things that sounds like cheating yeah it was well it was it was difficult for me to remember when things came out so I had to mm-hmm. do a lot of referencing just on the years and made yeah, sure that everything definitely. was on point so a lot of things I selected actually fell just like one year out or a couple yeah. of months or something and so I, I made up a big list and then started just listening one by one, track here by here, you know, A, B listening, and mm-hmm. then run a couple past you guys as well, make sure they were actually still metal, because yeah. a lot of bands have kind of changed over the years. Yeah, And then got true. down to my five. Nice. How about you, Aaron? Um, little to no cheating on my part, to be honest. It's pretty straightforward. Um, as I mentioned before we hopped on here, when, 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 I, when I really get into an album... Um, you called me more purist, maybe I'm more old school. Uh, once an album really strikes me, it washes over like a tidal wave, and I'm just, I'm taken over by it. I will play that album out until I can't stand it anymore. Sometimes, multiple times a day, up to no more than a month at a time, but for like that month, I'm just, I can't get enough of that album mm-hmm. because it's just doing something to me, both in my eardrums and just mentally it's just such a a powerful thing so that's that's the way the music moves me so those albums stick out like a sore thumb so it was I'm not going to say easier for me to pick because there's definitely going to be some honorable mentions but that's really my method to um, method to the madness yeah yeah Um, I was saying to you guys before that as I what I did was I just pulled up the Wikipedia documents, what albums came out, which year I was going down, I was making lists of stuff that came out. But what I realized was, I feel like the last decade of music has really been influenced by the sort of Spotify and iTunes iTunes era, where I feel like I've transitioned in some part into more of a single song listener. So that that kind of was interesting to come across that, because I think that like, prior to iTunes and Spotify I was buying albums and you remember them as full albums sure and now I'm kind of going back and just kind of picking out songs that kind of came out of these albums and trying to correlate that way but I kind of same as you guys I feel like the ones that I chose are just ones that I really played out 
mm-hmm. and on repeat. Yeah, um, and um, they're also you know albums that I still listen to today, especially some of the tracks of that. So that's kind of how 100%. I came to the list. And um, you mentioned honorable mentions. So mm-hmm. before we dive in, why don't we just go around the table and just list a few because they can't all make the make the short list. Sure. Christian, go for it. Yeah, um, very honourable mention, Mastodon the Hunter. And I think I came across, um, I think maybe even the title track on YouTube. Um, that's typically when I when I learn about a new album coming out. I don't really read a lot of the magazines anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember being struck by how amazing the videos off that album were. Yeah. And then listening to the album and so good. it was such a complete album. Um and that's that's definitely in heavy rotation for me. So very honourable mention. Yeah, absolutely. Any others that you had that didn't make didn't quite make the cut? Yeah, many. Um, I think Soundgarden, King Animal. That was a highly anticipated release. Yeah. Um, some really really great individual songs on it. Um, still listen to it a lot. Enjoy it a lot. Um, Kim Tyle's guitar playing is like second to none. I'm guilty of sleeping on that one. Yeah, it's, it's good. I. I I didn't really catch it at the time, but I've really come back to it a lot. So nice, mm-hmm. nice Let's check it out. I'll take a dive. Aaron, what about you? What didn't make the list? Um, well, we did we did talk about this, so I'll be honest. Uh, <clears throat> on record here, two two that made the list for, for were were ones we've already reviewed, and I just wanted to leave those off so I could sneak in two others into my top five. But Junius reports from the threshold of death. Trap them, uh, darker handcraft. Those two we've already uh, we've done a podcast on, both masterpieces in my opinion. And then the almighty Gojira Magma. Great album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that one definitely made quite a few people's top tens of the of the decade. So it's an interesting one to to leave off the list. But I'm sure you have your reasons that we'll find out later. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, so I had, a, I had a couple that didn't quite make the list and I was really going back and forth on these. But the first one um, is an album by a now defunct band called Arcane Roots. Okay. Uh, I think they're kind of more alternative rock slash metal, metal influence. Um, mm. As you mentioned, there's a lot of bands that are kind of just on the on the cusp but they released an album in 2017 called melancholy melancholia hymns um and that album's just full of soaring melodies great ambience it's really epic um it's really a good sort good listen um but i have a couple others that maybe were just a little bit more meaningful to me um and then second one um is mesmer by north lane that came out in 2017 and again more kind of progressive metal, um, all about the melodies, probably something that's going to be quite, um, when I've realized as I've gone back and I've gone through all of my albums, one thing that's really kind of typified this decade of listening to music for me has been like a pursuit of more melody in the music. So mm-hmm. that album is an absolute masterpiece for that kind of stuff as well. Right. So what we want to do is um, we'll get in to our top fives. And I think what we'll do is we'll just take turns, do our do our, what came in fifth, because we're obviously rating them five to one. Um, we'll, we'll start that way. We'll go around the table, do our fives, into our fours, all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. So Aaron, why don't you kick us off? What's at number five? Sure. I've got <clears throat> Car Bomb, the album Meta. 
And just to give you a quick backstory on how I discovered Carbomb, they uh, they actually precede my discovery of Gojira. I think even maybe even Lamb of God, but they've been around for quite some time. They don't they don't tend to put out a lot of albums uh, back to back. But Meta is the first Carbomb album that was produced by Joe of Gojira. Right. Right out here in Queens at the studio that the uh, that the brothers from Gojira built out, and Meta is basically the next chapter in the sound of Carbomb. That's definitely unique. Um, released October twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen. It's called Mathcore as far as the genre goes. Um, producer by Produced by Joe Duplantier, um, and basically my favorite track from that is Black Blood. Mm. And if I could just give a brief description on why I love this album is is it's it's not only mathcore but it's the kind of mathcore that just sounds it sounds like a machine sometimes it sounds very mechanical mm-hmm. it sounds like a car breaking down. <laughs> um, you definitely can't dance to it or headbang to it. It's just mechanical aggression. That's yeah. the only way I can describe it. And there's all kinds of little hidden things they're doing and experimenting with their guitar sounds that you wouldn't normally that you don't hear coming from anybody else. So yeah. in that way, Carbomb stands out. I can't help but think they've already they've already own, they already own a sound like that. But I can't help but think that. Joe from Gojira, Gojira helped pull that out yeah. of them and helped emphasize that, and it all comes together on this album. And Black Blood is an absolute beast. So, go down that, start down that rabbit hole with Black Blood. Yeah, that's cool, man. I I think um, what's been common for all of us and what's interesting about doing this is that we're kind of putting a lot of albums in front of each other with with none of us have really heard of before. Yeah. Christian, did you know anything about Carbon before Aaron told you this was his? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. No. <laughs> I, I, I saw the album cover and thought it was really interesting. It's mm. like very impactful and geometric, and yeah, put it on and it was like really had like hard, like a hardcore feeling, very mm-hmm. rhythmic. Um, I get the math rock aspect. I like a lot of Pelican and those kind of things, and yeah. I could see shades of some of that. And yeah, it was an enjoyable track to listen to. Yeah, I had the same same reaction as you when when you said Carbomb and I checked out the album artwork. I was like, okay, this yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Um, but like you said, well, it's, it's quite a loaded name being an Englishman. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. I've, it's not the first time I've heard that. It's like it's chaos. It's like a really chaotic sound, but there's real order to it. Um, definitely interested in going further down the rabbit hole, as you said on that one. So the track that we're putting on the playlist is Black Blood. Cool. Christian, number yeah, five right. for you. Yeah, um, Sun O out of Seattle. And um, it's the album Life Metal. And um, these guys have been around for, a, for, for, for quite some time now. Um, what I love about this album that they put out in, uh, well, well, last year um, is it's really minimal. And they work with Steve Albini. Um, oh, obviously famous there. for yeah. like amazing recording engineer and so they worked with him to create this really sparse quite um, haunting soundscape and yeah. the uh, 
the, the first track on the album um, between Sleepnir's Breaths. I'm not sure if I'm saying the second Sleepnir quite right. It's a, apparently a Nordic um, myth and legend creature. Mm. Um, they teamed up with an Icelandic um, singer uh, and composer. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce her second name, but her first name's Hilda. And, uh, <laughs> there's, there's letters I've never even seen before in her second name, so I'm not even going to try and attempt it. But um, just these really long drones that are really hauntingly beautiful to listen to. Very um, mystical and meditative. Um, we all just listened to it just before we got started on the podcast. Yeah. And um, it just, the sound fills the room, but I think, Steve Albini really did a good job of putting to tape their noisy ambient soundscape yeah. stuff, and, um, and and for me it's a really great album to listen to, like late at night or even during the workday, and just to try and zone out a little bit and focus on something. So, yeah. yeah, quite an important album for me. And there's only a few tracks on the album when I looked at it before. Yeah, right? it's like four. <laughs> don't don't they always do that? Yeah, I mean they're oh. like 13 minutes long, 14 minutes okay, long. Okay, that's right. Tracks, so. That's why. Yeah, big drones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mentioned this to you before, but you know, as you as you mentioned that you wanted to put that in your list, and I went and checked out that track that you said, which uh, I won't even try and pronounce it either. But um, "Sleep Near's Breath," did you yeah, say? Yeah. Um, I was I was blown away by. I think you you said it quite well with the sort of haunting soundscape. Like it does it does feel like you are. I don't know, transported halfway up a mountain or mm-hmm. something yeah. gloomy, something really imposing and um, just this sense of kind of foreboding sort of dread. Yeah. And the sound, it really feels like some kind of soundtrack to some kind of film. But I was sitting there thinking, okay, it's going to kick in now. Then I was like three minutes later, it must kick in now. <laughs> Further three minutes, the, the vocals come in. But then, you know, I, I think once I kind of realized, okay, this is, this is kind of the, the vibe that these guys are going for, it's hard to not just kind of get taken by it. Like, I can, I can totally see it being something good to have in the background while you're working, or just relaxing, it's kind of... It sort of transcend a, music somehow. It's like, a, yeah. like an art project as much as a... I can imagine it filling a room, like an art gallery or something, and just... This, like these minimal compositions it's like classical music or something yeah and I can't help but think it, I mean you tell me is it I I think a bit Miles Davis Bitches Brew do you know mm-hmm. that album it's oh, yeah. different every time you listen to yeah. it because it's so it's lacking so much structure it's just kind of freestyling all over the place my guess is that with that one it's like discovering it mm-hmm. new every time well, it's so different they're a great band as well because um, they've built they're quite forthcoming with like a lot of their how they get to the sound and mm. they've just teamed up with a great um, effects pedal manufacturer Earthquake Devices mm. and they've sort of put into pedal form some of these these big sounds that they managed to achieve and that's awesome it's, it's really nice that they sort of share that and don't keep it to themselves nice were you familiar with Sono and this album before Christian suggested it Aaron? yeah I was I've, they've, like you said they've been around for a while and their sound is definitely always been minimal so i've never really picked up on it but again i'm always open to taking a deep uh, deep dive and revisiting or newly discovering some something that's been around so yeah. quite the contrast between your first choice <laughs> and yours christian to go from math court to oh, we're gonna, like haunting soundscapes the, 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 the world of metal is vast 
And that's like a good thing. I feel like need a bit of sun after some car bomb. <laughs> yeah. Just chill out a little there bit. There you go. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> what's, what's the track that we're putting on the playlist? What's the top track? So the one you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Between Sleep Near's Breaths. Excellent. So my number five is a album called The Emanuensis by Monuments. It was released in 2014. Uh, Monuments, uh, you know, described as progressive metal with a bit of a gent kind of flair from the UK. Um, and this one to me, I think just came through on a Spotify discover weekly playlist or something like that. I mean, one of the tracks kind of came on and you know, when you listen to discover weekly, normally I do it when I'm at work and then you just like, hold on, I got to go back to Spotify and check out what this was. Right. And I was just, I just loved the, the range in their sound. They've obviously got that gen sound. They can produce some really nice compositions, great riffs, but you know, similar to a couple of the ones off the honorable mentions for me, it was just the vocal range is just incredible. Can do all of the screaming, the lead singer, but the clean sounds like the melodies are just absolutely, absolutely soaring. But it really, it really grooves. There's some really good riffs um, and just, nice layering in the sound and you know not 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 similar to sono um in in sound but they just have like an ambience around the sound as well and um i've always been a bit of a sucker for the blend between heavy and melodic i think these guys do it so seamlessly yeah i picked up on that i got a few notes they're, they're definitely technically proficient the production was super tight and then your song that you picked was I the creator. I the creator. That's the first track. Th- that's that's the one I got notes. It kind of made me think of that, <clears throat> the Silosa song that we liked, um, Apparitions, because the song's fantastic the first half, but then they just unleash yeah all their talent on the second part of that song, and they just start they just start showboating and showing off. I think I mean the reason the reason why I chose that track is I think that is the one track that. I heard first that got me into the album. Yeah. I just love the way it starts. Like the guitar fades in with that lead line, and then all of a sudden it just kicks in. Drums following the the main riff, just sort of chugging. Um, it's got so much power. Did you uh, did you know anything about Monuments before I told you about them? No, it was the first time I listened to them today, and I um I too do like the love the guitar sound and how it becomes like a soundscape towards the second half of the the either the track yeah. yeah and um yeah i'm keen to learn more i thought also what stood out for me is the album artwork's fantastic yeah. yeah it really suited the um the song that i listened to um beautiful detailing yeah it is it's a lovely piece of work and it's a great album and uh that's why it's number five on my list let's keep going yep. christian number four all right um Sons of Tundra, um, Bones of Brave Ships, and Sons of the Tundra um, used to be called Peach, and they're quite a cult band in the UK. Mm-hmm. And it's actually where um, Justin um, Chancellor from Tool, right. uh, his original band, oh, before wow. he split to, to, to join Tool. And um, I was so happy to see that they've come back. I love their original sound, very progressive. Um, and Bones of Brave Ship just starts with this really amazing opener, really, really draws you into the in, into the album. And um, there's a real 
nice synergy between all of the tracks, amazing musicianship. And I really appreciate listening to a singer who lets their accent come through. Mm. And so hearing an English accent on a prog metal album um, is, is nice living in New York and having a, like a little bit of <laughs> home coming through. Yeah. Um, but the album's just amazing. And they've actually got a new one that came out really recently. I think it's called Murmurations, which I'm really looking forward to sinking my teeth in properly. I've had a, f- a few listens through. Um, but Bones of Brave Ship's been on really, really heavy rotation since uh, since I heard of, heard of it. Um, 2015. Um, and what's amazing as well, Justin's not in the band anymore. They've still managed to have this very bass-forward um, yeah. interesting sound um, the, the latest album has a little bit of some sort of primus elements which is which is interesting wow. like very syncopated like percussive stuff Bones of Brave Ships much more like a wall of sound yeah. um, type of thing but each um, musician has their own part to play and it's really nice how they weave that throughout the whole album uh, really fantastic yeah um, listening to it today um I just love the melodies, similar to a lot of the stuff that I've already said about some of my choices. I thought the melodies on some of the tracks that I listened to are great, and you're absolutely right. I can, I didn't actually realise that it was um, uh, Justin Chancellor's original band. You can, I yeah. did, I did think no one knew. I was like, I could hear the Tool influence in it, so I could kind of, and, and the wall of sound element, so I could definitely see why you liked it so much mm-hmm. um, and I was, I'm definitely uh, given a few of the tracks of the album because to confess I haven't really heard it before so um, yeah it really doesn't come up very often I think no. I came across it as a as a recommendation by by Apple what year did this one come um, out do we know 2015 okay and um, and I thought oh this this sounds sounds so familiar and I didn't know it was Peach, a band that I really, really know and love. Uh-huh. Um, they had a great album called Giving Birth to a Stone. Um, really <laughs> amazing um, uh, album cover, the whole concept to it. And actually Tool covered one of their songs, uh, You Lied, which was one of the highlights of the album for me, oh, on right. the album Dissectional, which I think came with one of their DVDs. or v- I had it on VHS and it came oh, with an album. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't I seen it out since now, then, yeah. but... Um, Fantastic. So I, I looked up who these guys were and realised, oh, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's Peach. It's fantastic. Um, a bit of a, a change in lineup, of course, over the years, but just really captured that spirit from, from the 90s in this really amazing progressive metal album. So there's connections to Tool, a member from Tool? Yeah. Okay, and so does that mean there's like not many albums? This is like a one-off? One, one <laughs> yeah. two? No, that's cool. That's yeah, good. I mean, there's two albums by Sons of the Tundra. It makes it extra special, right? It's like yeah, it's it's a one-off. Yeah. So they they, um, they released this in 2015, and then I think Murmuration was just at the end of last year, or Murmurations. I can't remember the exact, exact name of it. Yeah, really fantastic. It's a proper album to listen to, listen through. Really, really draws you in. Very melodic. Nice. Yeah. Christian sent me a message today saying, "Are Sons of the Tundra metal?" And I'd sent him a message back saying, well, I just Googled them, and um, I think so. And he was like, I thought you told me about them. And I was like, nope, never heard of them. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) All right. Um, Before we move on to Aaron, what's the the track? What's the top track from this album for you? Serenity in Motion. And it appears quite early in in the album listing, but 
Um, it just it's a real standout for me. Um, it's really really catchy, and uh, I'll be happy to listen to it a few times in a row, like yeah. out of context of the album. Um, it's, it's quite short. It's only six minutes fifty seconds, um, <laughs> which is one of the shorter ones on my list. So. Wow. Yeah, it's just a. I think we're probably going to find that with your list, aren't we? The, yeah. There's no songs are going to going to clock in under five minutes. I reckon. <laughs> no. Aaron, what have you got for number four? Uh, mine for number four is the the sleeper, the last month of the decade, <clears throat> cattle decapitations, death atlas. Uh, fully guilty here of not really taking a deep dive into. Uh, previous catalog of cattle decapitation but I did catch a review on Bangor TV I had to find out for myself what all the hype was about and sure enough uh, Death Atlas delivers it is I think I said this earlier for me a bit of a, a zeitgeist album fitting the times mankind's had had their chance um, album art is is sickening mimicking Atlas holding the globe, but it's a, a skeleton holding a scorched earth. And so between the sound, uh, the lyrical content, the vocal stylings, and just the sheer brutality and, and great production on this album, it's uh, a true monolithic piece. And uh, it's just, it's fitting to wrap up the decade mm -hmm. and just feels appropriate. And I can't say enough good things about it little interludes you know yeah. like little radio uh dispatches mm -hmm. about the end of the world or like a vaccine breaking out i love shit like that it's just it's just classic elements like that some people not, aren't into that but it helps kind of spread the album out break it up but uh the big finisher is and if you want to work your way backwards fine by me the final track on the album uh which matches the album title is death atlas and that's the winner from that album yeah I mean, I think one of the most the most remarkable thing about you choosing this album is that it came out, like you said, in the last decade. Sorry, in the last, last month, month yeah. of the last just, year. Just a in few the weeks decade. ago, in December, yeah. And it's had that much of an impact on you that it's... Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Christian, did you know anything about cattle decapitation? <laughs> no, I'm still not sick of it yet. <laughs> no. It's been a few weeks. Though. Yeah, 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 I'm playing it out still. No, I, I love listening to it. I thought the guitars like chugging away right, right, right early into the song you sent me, the the Gia side. Um, absolutely loved it, and I, I think it's really funny you told me that they're um, they're all vegan as they're well. They're all vegan, yeah. So um, cattle decapitation sort of has the double yeah. the double meaning there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm vegetarian, so that's that's interesting as well. I mean, something so like uh, visceral as a name yeah you'll um, really enjoy the lyrics yeah not just from this album but if you go find some of their other ones uh there's just just some commentary around that <laughs> yeah and i'm excited to dig into it i love these like, yeah. big concepts behind the albums and like even just looking at the artwork of death holding up the atlas and yeah, what you're really describing cool. about the meaning behind the tracks sure yeah looking forward uh, to digging in and these guys death metal you describe them as death metal do you think because uh, it was definitely, from my listen to it, elements of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they do have range because I think what I was going to say is, um, upon listen, you hear the name, you yeah. hear the track that you're talking about, Death Atlas, and I just assume 
it's a death metal band. But actually, there's a lot more to their sound than than yeah. you would you would you would imagine. Yeah, I can respond to that. It's um, again, without being fully honest, without taking a being an expert on their their entire catalog and discography. Um, what I have known is, and it's on Wikipedia that they are like death grind, so a lot of grind yeah. elements. But uh, and you'll hear that in their previous albums, but. I hear elements of black metal, definitely death metal, and they're very technically proficient. Yeah, there's I a think real the tightness dr- to the sound. The drummer, yeah, really is. I don't know if they've always had this guy, but the drummer comes from a band called, a Canadian band called Cryptopsy, yeah. which really made an impact uh, back in the mid to late 90s. They're still around, I think, but uh, the guy's uh, a metronome. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think that track in particular, Death Atlas, has quite a dramatic range, and it's a long one, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. I can't remember how long it is, but it's clocking in at some serious minutes. Yeah, it's a powerful um, one. But it had, it did have a lot of range, and you know, ends really quite epically, which is a really nice way to close out the album and the decade. Yeah, as it were. How did you come is, across them? Originally? Is as bleak as as bleak as it is, <laughs> bleak sounding and lyrically, it's pretty bleak. Uh, but they're, but they're they're nailing the bleakness to a T, and yeah. I, I highly recommend finding their their lyric video. Uh, there's visuals, but you get the lyrics, and when you connect the lyrics to the sound and the visuals, it's 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 pretty moving. Um, but how I discovered them was on a shout out to to Banger TV, Banger TV. That's what Banger you said. reviews, and this album or, or this this album in particular was being reviewed early December when it was mm. released and there was a mention of I think he's mentioned something about there was discussion about the vocal range of the lead singer and how he has at least two to three different styles and he called one of them he sounded like a goblin mm-hmm. and then um, what's a goblin sound like incidentally you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> listen to it uh, fair enough because I saw their other album um, hit up some lists like the best of the decade monolith of inhumanity right um kept seeing that pop up yeah nice how does that compare to to this one? Oh, uh, that's more grind oh yeah more of the grind and this is just more i dare say they kind of there's still blast beats and a lot of speed behind it but uh-huh. there's certain things they slowed down just for dramatic effect yeah um heavy on the synth and it just yeah just it's bleak amazing yeah nice Right, so my number four is a 2013 release by the band Dead Letter Circus called The Catalyst Fire. Um, and how I came across this um, was sort of at the turn of the decade, um, I'd been going down the rabbit hole of trying to find bands that were like Tool. <laughs> There's that band again. And I came across Carnival. Looks like a Tool cover, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, so I came across Carnival, um, this Australian band that were quite progressive, amazing melodies, and I really got hooked on Carnival. And then, as you do, through your various means, you're trying to find the next band that's just like these guys. Uh And what I found out was like there was this real burgeoning scene in Australia with a bunch of great bands that were all, you know, doing these really layered... um, ambient epic melodic I, I guess they're more sort of progressive rock 
mm-hmm. borderline metal. So I'm just getting away with it, just just barely. Um, bands like uh, Butterfly Effect and Cog, obviously Carnival, but then I came across Dead Letter Circus. And for me, this band is it's all about the melodies and the vocals. The lead singer, uh, a fella called Kim Benzi, I think he's got one of the best voices, certainly in this genre of um, of, mm-hmm. of of metal or music in in general. He just he's got so much power, range, um, and his voice carries so much emotion. It's it's hard not to listen to the tracks on this album in particular and just kind of feel what he's talking about. Um, and I, you know, from doing my research um, on the album, I believe that he's dealing with some very personal things mm. on this album, um, as well as a lot of societal issues. So it's, like I said, it's really hard not to listen to this album and um, sort, of, sort of be carried by that emotion. But the album is super catchy. And it's not just about the vocals, that's my favorite part of it, but the, the musicianship is just incredible like the layering the guitar playing it's all in support of the overall melody and generally i you know i normally seek out metal that is all about like riffs being a guitar player i'm always kind of interested in that but this is really you know and it's even it's even you know i mentioned we were kind of talking about bands that were similar to tool you know, it's even less guitar focused than than Tool. It's more, yeah. It's more about elevating the overall melody. But yeah, I played this album out to death, mm. like um, over and over and over again. So for me, it's and I still play it today. So that's why it made the top list. It really struck me listening to it, and, and it's one of my highlights of the the tracks that you sent me through to listen. Uh, this album is how pristine. And really yes. musical. I have that on be. my notes. And it it really gets a great balance of like this progressive and hard sound, and then just pristine, crisp layering, and yeah, really amazing. Yeah, I think that a lot of what happens um, with the guitars on the album is that they're, you know, tremolo picking really high up the fretboard, and it just carries this this delay, like the everything really on the spacey. album. Is, it's really soaked in delay so it just it does like there's a there's a beautiful ambience to the album i like it's it's got a bit of like a 90s reverb throwback it does yeah yeah which i really like but it really works all works in support of the melody i think you you guys just created the best segue into my notes (laughs) because it's going to get controversial Uh oh A, a you're right the vocal harmonies are fantastic that's definitely one of the high points and and based on everything you've already said, combine the vocal uh, the vocal harmonies with the, the the just the skill, the musicianship. You definitely create an atmosphere. Yeah. And with the tremolo, you talk about the the, the high high fret mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, tremolo uh, on the guitar, combined with how melodic it becomes, it almost started to sound a bit like the soundtrack to a video game. I know that's harsh. Oh, really? But it became so crisp and so clean, it almost sounded digital to me. And although Mm. I'm not discounting the artistic integrity of it, just to my ear, it became so crisp and so clean and so pristine and so perfect. uh, I look for mistakes in my that's just my personal bias i look yeah. for mistakes in the music uh a little bit of feedback 
Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, no, it, it totally does. Like a live di- kind of sound. Discrepancies. Uh-huh. Um, there's got to be something wrong with it, even if it's just something super subtle, like a little, little bit of noise. I would, I would go like one in a photograph, step... like just a little something. Yeah. I would go one step further and say that, um, you know, when we've when we've reviewed albums before, you always say your preferred sound for an album is more of a raw, live, warts and all kind of. And it, like, yeah, I'm not a of fan thing. of overproduction, and I think and I, this 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 walks the line. It definitely does because when when you combine everything that you said, it does tiptoe into it's almost like a pop album yeah. with slightly heavier instrumentation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I don't mean a pop album. Mean yeah. like I I don't think it's overproduced, but it is very crisp. And it's, it's too clean it's, for metal. That's my opinion. It's, that's I know why it's kind metal. Of borderline, that's it's, why it's borderline not metal. Right. But I hope you guys will let me off on that one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but yeah, someone whoever mastered this polished the drums, then they polished the guitar, then they polished and auto-tuned the vocals, yeah. and they made sure every component was meant. I hope they didn't auto-tune the vocals, because I think the guy's voice Everything's is auto-tuned a little incredible. bit. Maybe everything. just a, a smidge, yeah? <laughs> But anyway, yeah. you want to check out a track from that album, I highly recommend Lodestar. Right. Um, it was a single off the album. I think it's probably also the track on the album that is the most metal. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, got, it's got a little bit of heaviness to it, but just soaring vocals throughout the entire track. Does anyone want to take a stab at what a Lodestar is? I, uh, Do you know? A lodestar? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the way it's spelled? L-O-D-E. Oh, not, sorry. Not L-O-A-D. <laughs> All right, moving on. Someone was polishing more than the production in this album. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I think my mum listens to this, so yeah. we, we edit that one out. Clean it up. Um, Aaron, I'm going to kick it back over to you for right. your number three. We're in the top three now. All right. Um, a band that might be... Defunct at this point, I don't know. I know they lost, they switched lead singers, but my number four is, sorry, my, yeah. It's my number three, sorry. My number three album is Fallujah, The Flesh Prevails. And I don't know where I heard this. I could be imagining it, but it's it's as if, it's very proggy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very technical. And that's what the Wikipedia description: technical death metal, progressive metal. It's as if, as that, as if Tool uh, made a death metal album. Correct. Yeah. Dead on. And I mean, that's literally what someone described once, and they're like, they did it. They did it, and they nailed it. And that's exactly what you what you get with this album. Lots of atmosphere, almost space rocky at times. It just transports you to, to another place, but the vocals are are, are going to give you that. They're not. They're definitely not clean. So they go the Cookie Monster route. Uh, <laughs> always laughing at that one. Uh, but again, I like it. I like it dirty, gritty. That contrast between the beautiful and the grotesque is again accomplished in this album, and you can just get lost in it. Can get a little same same at times, but it's consistent in that way. So from start to finish, you're getting that kind of product. It's just it's just top notch from start to finish. Um, pretty sick album art. I think yep. they uh, employ the same 
painter to do all their album cover art. Tomash uh, Allen Copera. Yeah. Okay. Someone's done his homework. And I think there's even a track on here towards the end that they uh, incorporate some female vocals, some clean female vocals that really help to take take you to outer space and create that atmosphere. I really like, appreciate that. Did you hear that cut, one? Yeah, it really cut through the mix. Yeah. I thought the vocals were fantastic across across everything. It's the first listen I had today. Um, nice. Have you heard it before, Niall? I, I'd never... I think you'd mentioned Fallujah to me before, um, but I must confess that I hadn't ever really listened to them until until you sent it through. And I think... I, I think the analogy of uh, if Tool made a death metal album is is pretty apt for this. I think it's technically fantastic. Um, it can just you, get so pummeling at times, but then there's other parts that are just absolutely beautifully yeah and uh, uh, ephemeral. So musical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've gone from listening to Goblin vocals to Cookie Monster. Yeah. 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 What's next? <laughs> what What edges this ahead of um, the previous two? that you mentioned for you why, why is it why is it breached the top three uh, for me strictly rotation yeah. I didn't get sick of it quick enough and because it's that unique compared to the others in other words you know Car Bomb has her sound Joe from Gojira helped pull more of that sound out and that's what you got uh Death Atlas by Cattle Decapitation was still Cattle Decapitation, but it was uh, a little bit of a stray from their norm. This Fallujah album is little to nothing like their last album, the album prior, and nothing else sounds like this album Mm -hmm. that I know of. And so it's a really standout piece in that regard. Nice. And what's the track? What's the track that's making the playlist? Sapphire. And Sapphire... Sapphire... Like most of the song, most of the songs on this album gives you the brutality, but also the beauty. Nice, very apt. Christian, number three for you. Number three, Mastodon, Emperor of Sand, and I was really conflicted because Mastodon had so many good albums in the yeah. last decade. Yeah. yeah. And the reason I chose this album is it was a return to their their concept album. Yes. And this is uh, like the title of the album, Emperor of Sand. Um, about the the trials and tribulations of someone treading through the desert and meeting um, challenges and from from what I understood about researching the album a number of the band members unfortunately had some some family and friend tragedies and so they they put that into their music and created this and um, it's just one of my standout Mastodon albums Um, I love the early Leviathan and um, Crack the Sky and those big um, concept pieces where each song links together to form part of the story and this really does it yeah and um i think the last track on the album is jaguar god and it just all comes together it's really really well put together some of the best mastodon vocals um, dual vocals as well um a real return to 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 form from maybe their earlier days um i actually i still love their other albums as well and there were some really great uh, individual tracks but I always think of Mastodon as a concept band, so having a concept album just fits with that, yeah. my view That's of That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you say that they return to um, to form with the concept album. Um, we also mentioned like, the dual vocals, and I think one thing that's 
quite interesting about this album in comparison to some of the early ones is there is quite a bit more melody oh yeah in this this album which is i remember actually i know you're going to touch on this but hearing um steam breather yeah is it, yeah is that the that's, that's the one i picked out yeah i remember hearing that for the first time and 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 absolutely loving the track but then finding out that it was mastodon and being mm. like, oh, I, yeah. I, I didn't really recognise it as much as a Mastodon track. But. And when it was released, it was the um, the band's highest charting song, um, reached uh, number 18 in the, the, the rock charts, Billboard rock charts. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I love about the just just the tracks and, and um, the, the band described like the, the story behind the album um, you know, someone that's basically sentenced to death, this this trial and tribulation through oh, through the shit. desert. So it's quite a bleak story, but yeah. they managed to weave like a really impressively um, forward sound. It doesn't it doesn't always stray too much into the bleakness. It's very powerful and, and that typical like quick, and then maybe even some more folk aspects as well. Really blends different different sounds. Um, absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. You a Mastodon guy, Aaron? Just Leviathan. That's the only one on my radar. And yeah. and then I think whatever the last one was, I think I picked up a, a music video that just also blew my mind. Yeah. Oh, the music videos are amazing. Yeah. I love the DIY kind of crafted, made. Yeah. yeah. Like whether it's puppets or masks or uh, lumberjack in the forest and. Or also one where they were. There looked like everyone was tripping acid at a school. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is really primal. Um, it's almost native art influence yeah. in the the art style of them. Fantastic. They had to take a bit of time out to star in Game of Thrones as well, didn't they? Yeah, well, they recorded a song, didn't they? Um, White Walker. Um, it was part of the. I don't know if it was the last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's the track that's uh, making the playlist? Oh, Steam Breather. It's the one okay. we've been talking about. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a it brilliant is, track. Yeah, I mean, it's, it critically acclaimed off the album. It's it's, it's my favourite as well. Yeah. Yeah, I guess good. I guess one thing I will touch on that I, I I am a fan of as a byproduct from Mastodon because we know what they do and they do it well. But uh, the, one of the side projects from a member is called Gone Is Gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely partial to that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, um, that could get an honorable mention. Um, the bassist and singer, Troy Sanders. Yeah. yeah. Is it Troy Sanders? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, good. I've got that right. He was in a band with Max Cavalera. Uh, oh, that's recently. right. Recently, Killer Be Killed. Yeah, they had someone from uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan. That's there, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Part of a super group. A little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Straightforward, kind of Max yeah. Cavalera inspired metal, but some definite. definite decent tracks in yeah. there as well yeah. I don't think anything on the technical masterpiece of a Mastodon but um, right. worth a listen Yeah, I'm going to keep it moving um, my number three is Hardwired to Self Destruct by Metallica in 2016 alright I mean I'm an unapologetic Metallica fan and this album had to get in the list there for me um you know, for me, I think that these days Metallica doesn't release albums all that frequently. So every time you look forward to the album, you don't really know what you're going to get. And I think prior to this album, Metallica released Death Magnetic. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of them proving, I think, after the 
the disaster that was Saint Anger, that they can still do the old thrash stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this album, Hardwired to Self Destruct, it almost plays like a, a greatest hits album without it being a greatest hits. Yeah. It feels like they're just back to doing what they love. There's a lot of fun in the album, and I think you can hear that through the the songs. But there's diversity in it that you feel like some of the some of the tracks feel like back to the thrash days. The you know, I've got that on my notes in as the well. 80s. But then there's other tracks that feel like they could be from the 90s. Black album, Load, Reload, Beyond. It feels like there's a flavor there for every type of Metallica fan. Mm-hmm. And while saying that, it 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 all pieces together nicely like an album. It doesn't feel like disjointed disjointed. Um, but yeah I just think that it's it's one of those albums that with Metallica everything they do will always be compared to their classic albums and it's not going to come anywhere close really for me in my opinion but it's a fun album there's some great tracks on there Um, I think James's voice sounds great the riffs are great the the composition of the songs is great and um, yeah, it had to be my top five because I've played that one out too. And I know you're such a huge Metallica fan. How did you decide where it was going to fit in your top five? That's a great question. Yeah, it is because I thought it would be just far too cliched for it. If I'd have put it at number one, it would have just been because I'm a Metallica fan. Oh. You know, it it had to make the top five because of how much I love the band. Sure. And like I said, I have played that out. But there are two albums ahead of it that I just think are just better albums overall like I said I think that it's weird because there's almost a caveat to my choice here that in comparison to the the glory days of the band it doesn't really come close and I don't know whether there's just like this subconscious happiness that they're still churning music out <laughs> that is is listenable and that I it never will again yeah. <laughs> um so I thought actually middle of the road three was probably a good, yeah, good place for it. And your and the song you picked was spit out the bone. Yeah, I've I've got notes on that. That's definitely a, a winner. And per your comments, the cadence is raw and back to their old school convention. Yeah. The way it sounds, just his voice and just the cadence and the way it's bouncing off the riffs. Yeah. And then. I couldn't help but notice, and this is controversial with Metallica, is allowing the bass player to shine a bit. <laughs> this is actually mid mid through midway through the song. There's a bit of a uh, of course, yeah, a yeah. bit of. Um, I think uh, they know they've made mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> and then last but not least, um, the tail end of the song just has a really explosive ending, yeah. where they really bring out and showcase. All that they're capable of. Yeah, it's, solos, the drums, breakdowns. It just, it's just, it's like a, a grand finale at the end yeah. of the song. It's such a, an awesome way to end the album, and um, it's the last track. It's the last track. Oh, that's why um, man. they nailed it. And I'm, I'm gonna let you in on something that I do that is really quite sad. But um, maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys do something similar. I recently got into this these YouTube videos where this guy is, well, a bunch of guys are taking Metallica songs and re-recording them 
with different tones and different production oh, like from the previous scale albums. Instead of minor and no, is it a joke or for fun? Does it sound cool? For fun, it sounds great. Oh, so it's, it's not like they're. Oh, oh, I've seen this. Yeah. So they'll take so they're exactly so the recording style, the studio style. Yeah. So what they do is so they've taken "Spit Out the Bone," yeah, which is a track that I chose, and then the title title of the video is "What If Spit Out the Bone Was, was a Master on, of Puppets?" Or oh, yeah, exactly. And then they re-record it with the same guitar tones, the same type of drums, bass, and sound. And wow, it sounds almost like a pointless thing to do, but it's really interesting. Some guys do it better than others where mm. they rewrite part of the riffs to make it sound like something they would have written at the time. But the reason I bring this up is Spit Out the Bone, when you hear it in one of the tones from the previous albums, just makes you think, this could have been on that album. This Got is it. as good as mm-hmm. that was. Oh, I already, I actually already hear that. So it'd be cool yeah. to hear that. I think when you're so into the band and you know all of the albums, all of the sounds, and the way that the vocal sounded and everything, it's hard to go. Is this as good? You know, that's what I said about the comparison. Sure. But sure. I think that track, when you if you, if you guys ever hear that like that track re-recorded in the sound, you'll think. This definitely could have been recorded in the 80s. And I think that's probably why it's a standout for me because that's my, my favorite era. And my point is, I don't need to hear that. It was you, already you, in there. You know I, it. I yeah. know enough Metallica uh, that I already heard that in there. And that's part of, again, the cadence, the sound, and all the stops that they're pouring out. Yeah. You listen to this one, Christian, at all? Yeah. It, I don't listen to an enormous amount of Metallica, but it did sound like that classic. Metallica sound that yeah. that I know and recognise, and I wouldn't necessarily be able to place it as well as as you could on certain albums, but um, just a lot of fun, and I appreciated the the, the breathing room around the different um, musicians on this, and yeah. um, the guitar breakdown is fantastically fun. Yeah, um, it's it's a fun song. Um, I didn't think about it too much. No, of <laughs> course. Quite, I just think sometimes to be able to play that way when you are the age that those guys are. I don't know it's a recording and it's different live, but still being able to churn that out, I think that's impressive. Right, we're going into top the top two, Christian. So Ooh. what have you got at number two? I think it's a classic, Opeth Sorceress. And um, for me, it, uh, it's... It's a really standout album for Opeth as well. Um, I don't think it was the one that started, that that pointed their change from their old sound to their new right. album or um, what year? jazz. Uh, this is uh, 2016. Okay. So um, I guess you could say there's maybe three albums they've had which go a bit more prog, jazz. But this is so musical and um, has so many different aspects to it. Um, like a lot of the classic 70s, 80s um progressive um like yes and king mm-hmm. crimson and like wow. such a jazz influence and uh, from, what I, from what i read up it's this some of the influence was what um michael Ackerfett felt fed um was he's going so, through he's he's, lead singer yeah actually. vocalist like real driving force behind the band he was going through a divorce and um it's interesting this album's called sorceress yeah <laughs> um, but the whole album really hangs together. Um, then your album's amazing as well and gets even more uh, jazzy. This, for me, captures some of their older... Well, they have that interesting folk, dark aspect, yeah. and then they manage to capture some of the, the black and 
alternative metal and then also the the jazzy floaty sounds as well um absolutely fantastic and he's a great um, michael ackerfeld fett sorry <laughs> i only <laughs> pronounce his second name all these scandinavians yeah we don't do well with them. no um but he's um he's been on a lot of uh, youtube things recently so you can really follow along see what he's into um i i too sort of look up a lot of the youtube things like the dissections of songs or interviews and live sessions and, and things like that and he's a great character really really knowledgeable very very passionate very clever and there's always a very strong concept behind every single song on the album mm-hmm. so if you want to get deep with opeth you can get pretty pretty deep and there he's, he's even written like the backstories behind every single oh, aspect nice. um so off sorceress i chose sorceress as my favorite song on the album and for me it's the best song which collects all of these different aspects from the album yeah. in one place um, so it's a great introduction to Opeth I first heard them um, completely cold um, hadn't been exposed to them at all uh, live at um, Donington Rock Festival Download uh, Download thank you and um, what year? Uh, maybe 2004 maybe the first download maybe yeah. the first download because I saw them download as well or something. I can't remember what year it would have been um, and they were doing Drapery Falls right. and they only played two songs <laughs> because they're so long wow. and I was just blown away it started like this amazingly intricate folk song and then blasted into this wall of sound and all of the musicians were top notch and I read that they look back on that time and they are quite judgmental on their own abilities mm-hmm. I never saw that never will yeah. I only see them as being amazing on every album um, so they're they're their own harshest critics in, in the early days and I've always stayed with them um, with every album that comes out but um, I think their newer sound for me surpasses even their older stuff which I wow. first fell in love with which is which is hard for me to say with a lot of bands because I fall in love so many have so many repeat yeah. uh, listens on their earlier stuff and they might go quiet for a little while and then maybe takes me a little while to get into the later stuff but every new Opeth album something to look forward it's to it's getting better and better every time more musical more interesting and I think it's my own taste of like got me into like jazz and things like yeah. that um, it's cool that 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 they're right up there as like the best musicians out there doing that stuff. But they're definitely super eclectic. I mean, the track that you chose, Sorceress, has like a really jazzy yeah. intro that gives way to seemingly quite a dark song. Um, what was cool is he he um, he's I can't remember the record shop, but you've probably seen it on YouTube where there's record shop in LA or or. or uh, Frisco or something like that they invite musicians in and they get to pick out what their top five are of all time and then they talk about them kind of what we're doing now and I remember he was picking out some really interesting jazz and he was even talking about coming back to ABBA and how he really wow. appreciated their cool. musicianship so as a kid like growing up and just listening to their pop um, sensibilities but later revisiting them and appreciating their their craft and, and melody and 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 pop like what you were talking about a moment yeah. ago um, which is which is amazing like they're, they're not narrow minded at all no very experimental narrow minded I um, should say I always respect when people have influences that are far beyond just totally. the, the genre they, they deal in but uh, similar to you I think the first one of the first times I heard Opeth was, was live at Download Festival <laughs> And they sounded just like they were on CD. Like it was wow. pitch perfect. But 
they kind of stayed still the entire time. You okay. know, so it comes they at didn't a bit really of a engage. Cost. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. However, familiar with Opeth, are you Aaron? Have you ever listened to them? No, and that's my only feedback on this. Is I think before we, before we got on board tonight, and we were playing that track, I was definitely intrigued. I've always wanted to take a deep deep dive, and moving forward, I have no excuse. So yeah. I think as early as tomorrow, I'll be getting more sorcerous. Sub- yeah, submerging myself in the deep end. Well, before then, what have you got, number two? All right, this uh, this one, number two for me, just barely made the cut, so I had um, cattle decapitation a few months ago at the tail end of the decade. This one made it in the first year, 2010, a band called Enslaved, and... I'm gonna destroy how to pronounce this, but I think it's it's definitely sounds Latin. Uh, a is it axioma or is it axioma? Uh, yeah, axioma. It's three parts: axioma, ethica, Odini, and it's the eleventh album by Norwegian heavy metal band Enslaved. Eleventh, wow. And this is speaking of it's a good segue from Opeth to this because I was telling Christian that Enslaved has similarities in the sense that they've been around for a while. They come from similar parts of the world. They've got similar dynamic range and influences. They've made a transition from one sound to another. Uh, I discover them through, uh, again, through Banger TV. The um, the gentleman behind that is Sam Dunn. He did like a, a metal, heavy metal um, documentary in parts. Oh, okay. It was really good. If you haven't watched it, it's that like maybe it's he's oh, like you, uh, you've sent this to me before. Yeah, he's got a uh, background in anthropology, but mm. he's also a massive metal hand, metalhead. So he's basically combining his love for the study of history and humans with his love for metal music, and he's the first person to basically break out the metal tree of music into mm. all its genres and. You've got to watch these. He's got an episode. It's like at least an hour for each wow. episode, and he interviews the band members and talks about the history and 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 links, interlinking bits between the different genres where they come from, influencers, who the who who the bands are that carry the torch for that genre, and how it's how they break off and then become other parts of the the metal tree. And and just I'm really curious about this. Was it like a local scene piece, or is that? changed because of the internet and how connected everything is now um the documentary yeah like how did they track the different was it oh he sorry he traveled the world wow and so each episode uh it's really well done he's 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 a great narrator he's very descriptive uh about what makes that genre what it is Mm -hmm. and he flies so this is like south america he's he's sort yeah he, he seeks out these bands and in I think half the episodes he's wearing an enslaved t-shirt and he's uh-huh. always talking about how they're one of his favorite bands and so this guy being who he is in my opinion can't be wrong so I this was my first it's nice work if you can get it isn't it yeah You're flying around the world just yeah. checking out metal bands and it's, it's it seemed like his thesis I think or something but it, mm-hmm. it's it's worth checking out but that was the timing around discovering this album seeing him wear the shirt, talk about the band, maybe even interviewing them in, in one of the the episodes, but 
Um, just to give you a description from my own um, personal opinion, they, they are pro- they're definitely progressive metal, but they come from the world of black metal as well as Viking metal. They look very Viking. They're Norwegian. Um, and so this album covers black metal, covers Viking metal. There's some folk elements. There's clean vocals. There's absolutely... I call it like choking on glass, raspy black metal vocals. And then the part that I liked most about this album is not only the dynamic range and the diversity of styles, but it challenges you as a listener because it's not easy listening. Yeah. So to transition between, again, from from the beautiful parts to the the nasty, heavier parts, uh, the transitions are pretty stark and they're a bit jarring at first. And so it took some time for me to for that to grow on me, but once 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 I really took that deep dive and took a closer listen to to all the devil and the details and what they were doing, uh, it just really meshed for me, and the album just grew and grew to become one of my favorites. Nice, you're definitely right about the stark contrast between the transitions. I mean, we were listening to uh, one of the tracks before we. Night Sight is the song. Night Sight. And they don't even bother trying. So like I yeah. think I think at one point the song literally just stops in the middle and switches to a whole different style. Yeah. And it's not yeah, you're right. It's not like it it almost shouldn't work. It's like, you know what I mean? It's That's like, what I felt like the, the first time I the, heard the, it. The clean sound is so clean as well. It's not like yeah. the, the there's no just, <laughs> from the track we listened to. Uh, we were listening to it, Christian, and you were like, this is really like, a beautiful piece of music. Then all of a sudden, it's like um, that. And yeah. it's like the choking on glass happens again. Yeah. But um, I think whilst jarring at first, it, it does work. And it's, it's unique. It's, it's, I don't really think there's many bands that I've heard that do it so abruptly no. for yeah. it to still feel cohesive. And they, they've continued to do that on their the albums after that. So I don't know if, I don't know if this was the... I've listened to a lot of their other pieces, not all Eleven albums, obviously, but uh, that's become one of their trademarks, and they yeah. do that, and they've done that in later albums where it just kind of hits a wall, and they completely switch it up on you yeah. and keep you guessing. So, what's the difference between Viking metal and black metal? Do you guys know? Ones with Vikings. <laughs> Is it the mythology or yeah, the it's it, I, narratives? Yeah. Can you do Viking metal if you're not from a Scandinavian country? I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> you just really like no. you're really into pillaging. Yeah. Well, there. Well, I mean, I love the term Viking metal. Yeah. yeah, and although there's no more Vikings around anymore, what I can tell you about Enslaved is it's the narrative for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the instruments, instrumentation, and style can get folky. Okay. Like really folky, yeah. and then there are interludes and introductions where you'll hear like horses being corralled or drawn, or you'll hear a fire burning. This is like the like, sagas and the, the, exactly the, the real like history exactly you'll get you'll get you'll get elements like that, spoken word history oral yeah. history stuff yeah and there's way more Viking 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 metal bands yeah a modern Marth carries yeah. the torch. And uh, what's it? What's it called? Ale, Ale Storm? Ale Storm, I'm going to challenge, might be, I'm not kidding, they've called it pirate metal. 
<laughs> oh, sorry, that's right. Yeah, relatable. Because the Vikings were were sailors of the of the oceans, but true. But uh, Elstorm really was. <laughs> Is that like when no doubt or like pirate punk or whatever they were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely tongue in cheek, but I mean, uh, yeah, I don't want to. We'll focus on his later. There's, yeah. there's amazing Viking sagas. Amonamoth does what they do. Amonamoth and... does it well, but mm. it's also um, really on the nose. Right. So the track is Nightsight. Nightsight. Right. Nice. Okay. My number two is This Is the Six by While She Sleeps. It was released in 2012. Um, and I must confess that I almost completely missed this album. Um, for some reason in my head it came out prior to the decade but upon finding um, finding out that it was eligible for this list I was super excited because I think it's a it's just a brilliant punishing album Um, and you know we've talked about bands like Mastodon um, that have had stellar decades I think these guys for me are right up there Um, they've had four albums and this was the one that kind of I, I I familiarized myself with them. Um, they're a metalcore band. Um, I think they kind of describe themselves as somewhere between metal and somewhere between hardcore. Yeah, it doesn't always make you a metalcore band, but that's right. sometimes the classification. I'm from Sheffield in England, um, and if if you guys listen to this album, it is. I feel like it would really appeal to you, Aaron, because it has that rawness and just... I listened to it last night. Oh, good. Almost, almost in its entirety. Yeah, it's... At least half of it. It's got... For me, it's like... It's so aggressive. It's so aggressive. I was shocked um, how aggressive it was. And it's it's one of those albums that, for me, when I listen to it, I feel the hardcore, ele- the hardcore elements kind of get you pumped up like they have I, I think the guys are some of the best riff writers in metal at the moment yes every album that's come out has more progressive interesting riffs and they've gone like they've experimented and they've kind of introduced more and more melody over the years which I do like but this album to me is just brutal from start to finish so much aggression so much range it's anthemic you know there is the gang vocals are just out of control yeah and they have they have melody through them but it's all screaming and shouting and um i just think yeah riffs fantastic i i feel fucking sweaty when i listen ah. to it. it's just like do you know what i mean it just like inspires this kind of if i listen to it when i'm at work like i'm practically breaking the wacom in my hand because it's just like and that's a wacom tablet but um <laughs> yeah I, I i listened to this last night when you when you when you chimed in at the last minute and you said put this on you put, put this on i'm putting this on this list and i'm putting it on your radar and you gave me this the, the, what's the, the track called I don't uh, know my, my favorite from the album is the plague of a new age okay that i mean the whole album's this way but that song is razor sharp yeah. that's the only way i can describe it and i think uh I'm not gonna. It it doesn't sound like Dimebag, but the the riff mm-hmm. the riffing would make him proud because yeah. they're really fucking with your eardrums and taking it to a whole new level. And then the other thing that stuck out on that track that uh, 
you guys, the Brits, are so good at is is the chanting and the, 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 the anthem, the mm-hmm. anthemic vocals. I mean, yeah. all I can think about is you know football matches, hooligans, yeah. in, in, in entire stadiums. Like Sheffield he scores, tonight. he scores when he wants. Yeah, well, you know that's um, that's really true. It is. Uh, that, I think that's what kind of gets you pumped up. Like, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily sing along with this band. But you definitely chant along, and yeah. I think it inspires. Like I, I think listening to this album, you get like a, a feeling, a sense. It goes back to some of those albums that we've liked and we've reviewed before that have, you can feel the passion and the energy, and just like the warts and all. Kind of the production is actually really good, and I love the sound. It's of pretty it, tight. But, but it's um, what I also like about what they do, and it's 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 evident in a, in the play of a new age is they don't tend to follow regular song structures no you know like they do you know the standard is kind of intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge outro chorus you know these guys just just messing with it and that the plague of a new age has got like just different riffs each time and the 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 breakdowns are just um really heavy and i did a little bit of research and um they cited some quite interesting like contemporary bands um as their as their influence so thrice slipknot um foo fighters under oath refused comeback kid gallows yeah great and uh alex is on fire foo fighters yeah so quite a mix of like hard rock more like polished style um okay songwriting i could see that from the 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 polished bit because yeah I think you have to listen to some of the stuff that they've released over the last few years. Not oh, I listen really, to their new stuff. That is... It's um, different. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I hate it. I just don't... It's not my cup of tea. It's mm-hmm. so... It's really... We've talked about this. It's really walking that fine line between boy band and and just metal in general. And it's I know it's part of the metal genre, but some of the vocals are just so... Um, melodic clean borderline yeah. poppy yeah. and precise but but just back to this album part of what makes it razor sharp not only is the the production great but on that note what i what i picked up on is and i just i just hear this i hear it in this song is they're making certain parts sound crispier on purpose they're mm-hmm. they're, they're pushing and pulling the production into grittier rougher places on purpose that's what i hear yeah i I think that's that's true i don't want to say the reverse polishing it but they're doing certain things on purpose to give it that grit yeah so it's so it's emphasized they they do that emphasis is quite a good word because in this track in particular there is a a riff change a breakdown towards the end of the song where you hear like a boom it's a, like a it's a it's a bass boom yeah. yeah they drop it in there and it sounds like boom. thunder yeah and it's like once that hits you just you're powerless to, to stop you just smash your keyboard at work right yeah exactly <laughs> and that was so close to being my number one but, yeah um wow held it back so we're, we're finally we're finally there christian your favorite album of the last 10 years Tool, fear, inoculum, and I don't know how um, 
there was so much negativity surrounding this album when it came out. Like, was it worth it? All of these clickbaity headlines. Um, I've got an opinion on that. I'm sh- I know you do. <laughs> um, for me, absolutely. It, it's it's great. It, it broke into a slightly different space for them. Um, really musical. Um, f- for me, it's really Adam's. Adam's album, um, guitar. It's a guitar album for me. Danny Carey's drums are, are phenomenal, um, but it just felt like everything was really hanging on the guitars instead of hanging so much on uh, a bass and drum combo and, and, and rhythm. And um, it just builds and builds and builds. It's it's their longest album. There's some um, is it? yeah. There's some little sort of breaks in there which really. Um, cleanse the palette between some of the longer pieces it the first four tracks are uh, are immense um i selected for our for our playlist for, for this episode tempest um because of how amazing the guitars sound and how everything comes together and it's where all of the riffs on the album live and it felt like the whole album builds up to it um i love different tall albums for different reasons but what i also liked about this is it felt like it revisited some of the themes even from their earlier Mm-hmm. albums just in the the style of how the instruments were maybe a little bit more stripped back and less effects heavy especially towards the back end of the album and um it's it's great to have them back producing um they've been teasing for many years that would this be their last uh, i hope it's not i hope we, there's a lot more to come um and, and i love all of the music in and around them as well so pussifer and pygmy love circus and, and all perfect, the other. Circle. perfect circle of course um but this was a, a real standout for me and might become my favorite tool album wow wow that, that's big that is big uh you might have mentioned that you had an opinion on this aaron yeah, you said it's the longest album yet. I mean, all I could think about was it was a long wait to get to this. And so maybe that... I don't, yes. I don't know if that helped or hurt them. Obviously, it helped them in your opinion. I um, I guess I just... I just like... I know it's controversial, but like a lot of opinions, I just expected a lot more. Mm-hmm. And you did mention this is more stripped back. And I just... I've just speculating i can't help but wonder if 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 reverend maynard is spreading himself (laughs) too thin between his winery and all the bands um just maybe is my opinion and i'm speculating just maybe tool took the back burner on this one because i didn't i didn't get the experimentation i heard I, i heard the same style of drumming it's without a doubt a tool album but there wasn't a moment there's barely there was a few moments but I wasn't it didn't move me at any point to say ooh this is a, this is tool and this is they're having a moment on this album it just it felt kind of flat and it was like the best scoop of vanilla ice cream you could ever have from tool that's an Aaron classic that yeah um, I mean it, it I mean it's vanilla from it's it's vanilla if t- Tool is far from vanilla, but my point is, you're getting the best possible taste without them adding any extras, additives, or toppings to what you've already heard from Tool. I didn't hear anything uh-huh. new brought to the table, and the wait was how many years? 13. Was it 13? Yeah, 13, 14 years. For me, 
I think I was. Um, I wouldn't say. Maybe I need to listen to it again. I'm well, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely. I mean, what you know, Christian saying that it's. So I've had it on heavy repeat since yeah. it came out, and that's the way I've All always right. tended to yeah. listen to them. Touche. And um, and even ten thousand days. Um, there's so much for me because I listen to I try and listen to all of the depth and the different time signatures and read how yeah. that came up. This it's it's still part of their signature sound. Yeah, it it, it takes me a little they, while to kind of understand the them a little bit more because I I get so excited to listen to all the details. Um, and I I, th- I think as because I had a similar experience with Ten Thousand Days when it came out. There was, it was so overhyped the release of that album and. Um, and it did take me maybe a good few months to like really, really understand it for what it was, and and that became my my favorite of of everything they did, and I I feel like this this will do it for me as well, just because there's so much um, subtlety to listen to in between, and some of the picking guitar, and so I think just from a musicianship point of view, um, there's a lot of richness, yeah, um, and. Uh, they're all getting a lot older, and yeah. maybe so there's a little yeah. bit of introspection going on. I've, I've, um, if you if you read some of the lyrics um, for, for Maynard's um, vocals, uh, Invincible, um, talking about weakness and an age and wow, okay, um, and wise, wise, being wiser, and so give it another listen, maybe. Yeah, I mean, pick, but. no, hundred percent. I'm 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 willing to admit uh, I could be wrong because you're you're you're. It's more appropriate for you to re- to review it because you've listened to it a lot. <laughs> I've probably listened to it. I've probably given the album a spin one and a half times. Mm. In all honesty, so yeah. my my opinion compared to yours doesn't really hold any I, water. I get this sort of calmer sense from this and almost like a meditative vibe. Whereas yeah. I, I hear there's a, like a punchy, syncopated, like percussive push forward in mm-hmm. a lot of the maybe the last two albums. I definitely think um, the fact that you've even saying that it's potentially going to be your new favorite tool moving forward. I definitely need to give it more of a listen to. I'm similar to you, uh, Aaron. That I think I've listened through twice, but both times I wasn't giving it my full attention. I think it's a type of album that demands to pick up on the nuances of the stuff that you're talking about. I was definitely guilty, I think, of having expectations that, yeah. of, of what I don't know. Yeah. But and then it was it, a gut reaction. It was so almost guilty. like it was almost like Tula coming back in the time that they'd gone, I think their legend had grown to the point where they almost perceived as 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 gods of this kind of progressive metal genre. So you're expecting them to come back, or at least I wasn't, and just and be completely flawed and blown away. And I think that's unrealistic. The album is definitely like I was. I was shocked at just how tool it felt. It felt like they hadn't missed a step. It didn't yeah. feel like they'd been away yeah. for 13 years. Yeah, it settled right back into it. Yep. probably similar to you know you're you're a big fan of tool, and in the same way that. I was really happy with Hardwired to Self-Destruct mm-hmm. by Metallica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this kind of, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this just 
you, you said it's nice to have them back. Maybe kind of the overall emotion that surrounds that happening influences your love for the album. I appreciate there was a sort of continuation of some of the themes from mm-hmm. 10,000 Days. So I felt there was a lot of richness in just the the style and how the compositions were hung together and how accomplished it was. They're both very polished albums. I guess I'd listen to them as like brothers and sisters of each yeah. other, 10,000 Days and Fear Inoculum. And even the album artwork and some of the themes and the lyrics are, are similar. So I, I guess I just see it like chapters in a book. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's you know, it's a very um, interesting way to look at it. I I would say, just to go back to what you were saying, Aaron, about Maynard James, that he's always been one of my favorite vocalists mm-hmm. of all time. I think such a distinctive voice, you wonder how the hell he comes up with the melodies. Like You can only imagine what it would be like to be in a band with him and just be so excited to put a piece of music in front of him knowing what he's going to do. But I did think that I was missing, and I, I definitely need to give this another another go around, but I did think I was missing that one killer Maynard moment on the album, which was the hook that I was going to be singing for the rest of the day or mm. going to be remembered. But I don't think, you know, I don't feel like it's the album for that kind of thing. I, I feel like it's more, like you said, a journey and kind of sinking into it it sounds like like you said it sounds like it requires more investment from the listener to 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 see what they're what they're what they're saying and what they're putting down uh both with their instruments and 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 lyrically they sound like you said older wiser and more seasoned and so maybe there's more below the surface and we get we can't just take that first surface listen as as judgment i suppose there's a there's a general like more restrained vocal style to this which maybe sits in with the the rest of the instrumentation really yeah. nicely I think vocally and, and just voice wise Numa and Tempest were for me stand out for his his vocal ability and yeah. range and but yeah much more melodic and less um, in itself aggressive maybe mm-hmm. the lyrics are more aggressive yeah I'm definitely going to revisit it delivery. after this after talking about it yeah so the, the track Tempest. That's Tempest for me, real highlight of the of the album, but it was it was really tough because there's Invincible, Numa, uh, Descending was another highlight for me. There's there's all the long ones on it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Pick any of them, as far as I'm concerned. Christian likes a long one. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Favorite oh, favorite, favorite album of the all last right. decade. Saving the best for last. It's it's gonna be Gojira. I'm so happy about your pick. La La Fon Sauvage, and if anyone's wondering why I did not pick Magma, mm-hmm. I am. I'm wondering that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's the the metal snob in me and the uh, long time Gojira fanboy in me. Just gotta give some credit where it's due. Although I'm a fan of all the albums, and Magma is a, a masterpiece in of itself. I really had to pick La Fon Sauvage because it was the in-between album, so to speak, between, I think after Backbone, Randy from Lamb of God bringing them on tour, they did the album after that, 
Then they did this album, La Fonce Sauvage, and then ended the ended uh, the decade with their last album, Magma. So this was kind of an in-between during the reign of their yeah. success. And so it's important in that sense that it had to be not only cons- consistent with their sound, but consistent with the fact that they're always bringing new things to the table. And that's the biggest reason I love this band is because they're self-admitted, no shame about reinventing themselves. They've always got that distinct Gojira sound. You can't miss the fact that it's two brothers on drums and guitar. So there's something distinct going on there that you just can't, you can always put your finger on that, but they're not shy about the fact that they don't want to repeat themselves. And so they're always experimenting with what they can do with not only guitar sounds, whether the riffs are faster, sometimes they're speeding up the riffs, sometimes they're slowing them down to, to the point where they want to make them sound as heavy as possible. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite terms, dynamic range, these guys are just pushing the envelope from the highs to the lows and, and, and what they can do with their sound. And it's, again, always distinct that, that that's what you're going to get. Yeah. My lead track off of this is The Gift of Guilt. Um, pretty thought-provoking song title and lyrical content. I'm not sure what that means, but the song itself um, really showcases all the different things they can do with their guitars, with their drums, speeding up, slowing down. Uh, I think the first half of the song has one particular sound, and then midway through, there's a breakdown, and it just completely yeah. switches gears. Um, and this, of course, is their um, big big breakout yeah album. this 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 one definitely I think I think the album before it was good mm-hmm. and they got some guest spots by Sepultura yeah. Randy was on on board as a guest spot um, Lamb of God but it, yeah Randy yeah. from Lamb of God but that album might have been a little too long and there although most of them were hits there was a few misses this album uh, I believe is Completely listenable, start to finish, and um, th- it's where they really peaked. And so, without getting into the album after that, Magma, which has its whole different, back- whole another backstory. Uh, I think you're absolutely right, Christian, that this was the album where they peaked and they garnered enough attention from Metallica, and I think I mentioned Slash from Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. started to attend shows, and I think I even went as far as to say they're the next in the lineage of carrying the torch for, for metal after yeah. after Metallica. Everywhere you go to read about metal, they're, they're being mentioned, the breakthrough act of the decade. And, yeah. and they're not American. No. They don't sing about death and destruction, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just honest about, you know, the state of the world and what we do to the earth, animal life. Uh, and it's just yeah it's not death and gore and destruction it's not always bleak but their sound is definitely heavy and dark but also uh, just powerful and yeah it's catharsis like all metal I mean I would um, I think it's a very good it's a very good call to call them the breakout metal band from the last decade and also think it's uh it's a very good call as well to say that they are primed to be 
the yeah. next biggest metal band on the planet, even potentially. Um, if they aren't but, already. If they aren't already. But and I, who would you compare them to? Slipknot? Well, yeah, I, I guess... I I'm guess, just trying to think of... Well, I mean, I guess you've still got the old classics in there, the Metallicas and Maidens and... Slayers and... Yeah, all the Slayers kind of no more now, isn't it? But right. um, in terms of bands that are still around, it's, it's hard to say, but like, what I will say is what makes them, I think, both the standout, one of the standout acts of the last decade and a potential super band going forward is mm-hmm. that they're very unique. I mean, you touched on that they have a distinct sound, they have a distinct um, point of view on the world and what they sing about. I, You hear, like, it's impossible for you to hear one of their songs and not know that it's Gojira. You can't really, for my money anyway, you can't confuse the fact that that's them. I'll, um, I'll finish with this, my last comment on, on this album and Gojira and for the decade. They, they meet this this criteria and tell me what you think they bring a new level a new level of heaviness to what it means to be heavy metal mm-hmm. that's the biggest because we're always looking for the next heaviest thing yeah. uh, the next the next level of heavy powerful sounding music but it's still approachable by the masses and last but not least it's uniquely Gojira. Yeah. It's unmistakable. So they cover all three of those bases. You uh, know a Slayer song. You know a Pantera song. They're all heavy as fuck. You hear Gojira, it covers, it ticks all those boxes. Well said. Uh, I think that, um, you know, the track that you chose, The Guilt of Gift, uh, The Guilt of Gift? <laughs> the, or the Gift, gift the of gift Guilt. The Guilt, perhaps. It's, it's so uniquely Gojira. Mm. The guitar line over the top Really the punchy. slow, like slow groove to mm-hmm. it. The way that the vocals come groove, in, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it, it really is a tremendous um, song, and uh, I think it's an interesting choice that you chose that because uh, you know I think a lot of people would have said magma was, but I think it was that, tough. That was a tough one for me. But I think that's lie. you know I like your reasoning for chosen for choosing what you did, uh, what you what you chose. And I think Magma was maybe the one where they, they've started to bring a little more mainstream. They got nominated yeah. for a Grammy Best Metal Performance on Magma, yeah. Wow. And it'd be interesting to see where they That's go right. next. Yeah. Right. Let's uh, give it to us now. Finish yeah. it off. I feel like this is going to be such an anticlimax <laughs> <laughs> because we've only oh, no. yeah, we've only recently, minutes in. Yeah, we've only recently just reviewed this, but it's going to be Edge of the Earth by Silosis Yes, from 2011, and you know how is that a letdown? Well, because you know you said that you weren't doing yours that we've reviewed, and it's also, fine, Niall. You don't have to. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes I feel like I need justification, but <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's only a slight anticlimax because we very recently did this, but I gave it a 9 out of 10, so well deserved. It's, it's hard to not throw this in there. Um, I could talk about that for another half hour. Yeah. It's a great album. <laughs> um, it's so thrashy. You know, we talked about um, the fact that it was in no way nostalgic it had a, has a contemporary flair um, 
I think just so so many memorable riffs and amazing guitar work. I was listening it on the way here. Yeah, uh, honestly, just reviewing the album has actually just increased my love for this album as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe if we'd done this podcast before we did that album, it might, I don't know, might not even have made the top five. I I feel like in the last in the last couple of months, listening to this album, I've been like, fuck yeah, this is. That's a good thing. Absolute I mean, stellar. It's, it's, it's marinating. Stellar it's growing, piece of work. It's growing. Um, I mean, we don't need to spend too long on it because we spent about an hour on it a few weeks ago. But, Christian, I don't know if you're very familiar with Silosis at all. You know, it's, I'm embarrassed to say, when you sent me through your list of, of songs you really liked, I really got into one that's no longer on your list, North Lane, and I spent yeah. all my time <laughs> listening to them. So I um, I think I have that one here. Yeah, on his list. And uh, I, I, I've seen you've kind of mixed things up over the last couple of days as we've been. Yeah, um, that sw- was the one. Notes. That was the while she sleeps revelation. I was like, oh shit! Like <laughs> I, I couldn't get off the album. So for a lot of the tracks that you put forward, I just kept going back to it. So yeah, that's definitely going to be in heavy rotation for me, North Lane. Yeah, and um, and, and Silosis. It's great to see um, British band in your. Another British band in your top five. I've got three British bands. Three British bands. I'm yeah. flying the flag. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, well, you know, homework for you now. Edge of, edge of the Earth, Silas. Yeah, we've all got a lot of homework. Well, you got to say a few things about the album in yeah. case well, didn't, uh, someone didn't listen to that podcast. Absolutely. Um, well, we we know that the album is long. Like it's it's a it's a yeah, bit of a beast. Yeah, just get that out. Yeah. In the seventy minute uh, mark. Um, but that's not something that really bothers me at all. Uh, you know, I've talked about it when we reviewed it, but I love progressive music. I love progressive thrash music, and um, these guys are just nailing it. Uh, like I said, the guitar work is absolutely exceptional. The riffing on the album, I hear a lot of influences of bands that I love, like Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the guy's vocal range the vocal is, is, is... The vocals are just... It's brilliant. It, it really, really is. The whole, the whole album to me is just. Um, he might have the most perfect blend of of melody, clean melody with like harsh rasp. Yeah. Without sound like, but then he can pull off a scream at yeah. the tail end of a lot of his uh, when he's wailing. I think it's so impressive because the guys um, clearly. Um, if not the one of the chief songwriters, he wasn't the vocalist on the first album. He right. stepped into the mold. Um, I'm pretty sure that he's carrying a lot of the solos on the album. He played guitar for Architects. He's clearly a talented dude, um, and I think I think that's one of the things that comes across in this this album is these just a bunch of really talented people. And as a as a guitar player myself and somebody who loves this style of music. I always love albums when you can appreciate just how good people are mm. playing what they're playing. So I gave it a 9 out of 10. It's definitely um, my favorite of the last decade. And the track, which is the same track as I chose as my highlight when we did the, the podcast review, but Altered States of Consciousness is going mm. to be on the on the playlist. I see Silas has had three albums out in the last decade. and Yeah, but they took a big hiatus. Mm. And um, great segue, Christian, because I wanted to talk very, very briefly, 
because I know we've been at this for a while now. Anticipated albums to come in the future. And as you kind of mentioned, yeah, there, I'm going to kick off and just say that Silosis are set to um, release Cycle of Suffering next month. They've already released a couple of tracks from that. So psyched for that album. That's probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Absolutely. Aaron? Uh, what are we looking forward to? I'm going to get these out there. Sorry if you got them on your list, Christian. Deftones. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to... Uh, Ice-T is going to whip out another Body Count album. The last one was a, was, was fantastic. I think that was nominated for a, for a Grammy, as war, uh, Grammy Award as well, one of those songs. Uh, there's a band called Code Orange, which walks the line between hardcore mm-hmm. and metal. Uh They've got male vocals, female vocals, and they just do some really nasty work uh, with their sound. And then, of course, the almighty Gojira. Yeah. There's no reason. There's no reason to doubt whatever they're gonna pull out of their hats is gonna be out of this world. Yeah. And just completely not of this world. It's I can't be, wait to see where they go next. Christian, what are you looking forward to? New Mastodon album coming out this year. Love it. New Nine Inch Nails album. Um, oh yeah. And uh, Trent and Atticus have re- just released, you know, a real great string of EPs and albums. So great to see where their sound goes. And they did the music for Watchmen, the TV series, which was oh, absolutely brilliant. Nice. And um, really into the band Idols, expecting big things. Yes, I did nice. not know that. I am too. Not metal, but yeah. Honorable mention. Yeah. Honorable mention. Right, before we go, can we? Can you guys just give us uh, your five to one once again, just as a recap, Aaron? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So working backwards, my top yeah. five. Uh, Car Bomb, the album Meta. Cattle Decapitation, Death Atlas. Volusia, The Flesh Prevails. Enslaved. Axioma, Ethica, Odini. And last but not least, Gojira, La Fonce Sauvage. Thank you. Aaron, Christian? Yeah, uh, in at number five, Sun O, Life Metal. Mm -hmm. Number four, Sons of the Tundra, Bones of Brave Ships. Number three, Mastodon, Emperor of Sand. Number two, Opeth, Sorceress. And number one, Tool, Fear Inoculum. Excellent, thanks, mate. So for me, number five, The the Manuensis by Monuments. Number four was The Catalyst Fire by Dead Letter Circus. Number three, Hardwired to Self-Destruct by The Mighty Metallica. Number two, This is the Six by While She Sleeps. And number one, Edge of the Earth by Silosis. Fantastic. Right. Um, so uh, before we go, just uh, a reminder that you can uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at Metal Recall Podcast. Uh, the the Email address is metalrecallpodcast at gmail.com. You can get your, your pods on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. And if you like what you hear, please give us a rating and subscribe. Right, Christian, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks, and guys. Aaron, thanks as always. Yeah, my pleasure. Until next time. Until the next decade. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys.